0: I I couldn't go. Okay, well these stories are real. For me, I I couldn't believe that they were, and that was sad for me. But I could take those other par- elements that I did like, like gratitude, or like having faith in humanity, and mm-hmm. just going, okay, there's going to be bad things. I'll I'm going to have things stolen from me. That's definitely happened. <laughs> I'm yeah. really. but. There's so, I've had it so many times where people go, why would you, why are you leaving the doors of your car unlocked while you're going and like unloading gear? Why are you doing this or why are you doing that? And it's because I'm like, it's, I, because I still, I still have faith in people, Mm. even though there's a few, the overall are good. And that's what I've always, uh, that's part of what I took, took away from a community of religion.
1: Welcome to Faith and What Resonates, a show that explores the intersection of faith, spirituality, music, and how we make meaning in the world. I'm Gail Gallagher, professional musician and lifelong seeker. I am a member of the Unitarian Universalist Church, and one of our core principles is that everyone has their own free and responsible search for truth and meaning. On this show, I highlight other people's journeys as we explore the magic of the things that resonate. My guest today is Matt Griffo and this is really exciting. Uh, Matt is a musician. He is in the music and uh, comedy scene uh, in Chicago and we've crossed paths many times but we've never sat down into it and like had a long conversation until now and you get to hear it uh, and I absolutely love the curiosity and joy and whimsy uh, that Matt brings into his work and his general way of being. So this conversation goes a lot of places and we're just going to get into it. So here we go. Okay, I am here on the Zoom with Matt Griffo. Hello. Hello,
2: it's me, Uh, Matt Griffo.
1: Yeah, welcome to the show. Um, can you tell the audience just a little bit about what you do in the world?
0: I I love comedy and I love music, and so I generally, for most of my projects that I do, I combine both of those things. Whether it's me having years ago music directed um, toured with Second City, or which is a comedy theater, and uh. Or having done different sketch shows or improvisational music, whether it's with an improv group or it's solo and I'm improvising songs or now a lot of times I'm performing for speakeasies and stuff like that. So it's, it's alongside a lot of burlesque or hula hoopers, contortionists, magicians, um, strong <laughs> would be classically said as strong men, but you know strong people because it's all types of people. And uh, yeah, then and then it's and then it's me. So then I'll have a it'll be music and comedy. So the lyrics are satirical in some way.
1: Mm. Cool. I like how you separate out like out, like I do music and I do comedy and often together. But like it, it, I, I find sometimes as a, a musician, if you do funny stuff, it's like and you're funny all the time and mm. that isn't always the there's this weird pressure to like you have to be funny all the time and it's like no you're a there's, full human
0: <laughs> yeah and when i'm doing a when i'm doing a show at a, a whatever club if it's a theater or if it's a comedy club or i normally don't perform at comedy clubs because i just it's they don't have some good sound setups usually sometimes they have amazing sound setups so when they do good on good on them <laughs> but but um my, my dog is cranky about something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's you know, if I'm if I'm doing if I'm if it's set up that the audience is like, I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna see this show, and I'm gonna laugh, and I and I know that this particular performer isn't gonna stress me out. Like this guy isn't gonna talk about any politics. He's not. He's gonna talk about sex, but he's not. He's it's all gonna be like really fun, uplifting. And uh, comparatively, if I suddenly do a serious song, they're gonna keep wondering where the joke is. Where's the punchline? And mm-hmm. then it's gonna be the end of it. I mean, even if I say, "Just so you know, this song is truly is a very serious song," they're all gonna be like, "Wow, this is gonna be so funny. <laughs> this is gonna be the funniest." And then by the end of the song, the serious song, they're gonna be really disappointed. <laughs> so there is that, there is that. There is absolutely that. So I don't I don't combine those two in in a set. Because it, it would if I was to do that, it would have to be top-loaded serious mm-hmm. songs and funny. It would have to be, because otherwise <laughs> it would be confusing.
1: <laughs> no, I get that. That's that's um that's actually useful information for me because <laughs> I, I do, like, approachably angsty musical theater stuff that is funny. But, like, you know, but then I, you know, get to the bridge and punch people in the heart and go away. <laughs> like, that's kind mm. of my setup.
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Punch them uh, right in the heart. Yeah. You know, that's what we that's what bridges are for. Um, Anyway. So as this is a podcast where we deep dive on uh how we make meaning I am curious um if you could sort of break down um the sort of like your your faith background like the just the general like how it started how it's going and and what that looks like
0: Oof let's do a I'm going to do the briefest synopsis Okay I grew up uh roman catholic with a bunch of italians a bunch of italian americans and then went to communion was never uh never did my confirmation mm. i at that point they gave it they my parents were like this is a choice now you have to do your you have to do the first part you don't have to do the, the last part so i think my dad was pretty disappointed but <laughs> didn't want to do the confirmation but uh I was very curious about all of it so I continued I was not really I, I had a lot of people in my life who were who were religious and I wasn't I didn't really care because I was like well it's this thing that people go to and they talk and I have to go to it and then I go play with my friends and that was fun the social aspect but then my buddy said hey I'm going my family's going to go to church do you want to come with me I was so bored and I thought I'll go to church because I was, I was bored at home. Mm-hmm. I want to, I'll go to this church. He's, he said, there's a rock band. And I was like, that's, I love music. Bands? Cool. So I went and it was a born again church and I, the songs were easy to remember. And the band was good. And I was like, this is cool. We can sit in the, in all the way in the back of this church and talk about random stuff and flirt with girls. And I love this. And so I, I kept going every Sunday. And then I started joining the youth group and the problem that it was that I I they said go study the Bible and I did and I and for this particular church it was very uh what what's in there is there. That's like it's pure fact, right? Mm-hmm. So as I'm reading the Bible I was seeing that that's not it just logis- it's logically couldn't be simply because the stories didn't match up and I would come into youth group and be like this isn't saying right (laughs) (laughs) if you're saying this is pure fact these two stories can't they actually are two different Mm -hmm. timelines and they didn't like that and so then I was I was there was one time where there was a there was a sermon they said okay so you don't have to you can pray anywhere you don't have to come into church. You can pray anywhere you want Church is wherever you are. Mm. You never have to feel you have to come into church in order to pray. Um, God's always with you. And I was like, that's great. So I woke up the next Sunday and I, I was really tired and I thought I, I can pray from here. And I went back to sleep. I was like, this is what I want. I want to pray in bed. And <laughs> I went to sleep the next Sunday. They were like, where were you? You weren't in a youth group. And I, I said, oh, uh, I am sleeping. And then they said, lit verbatim, said, you couldn't wake up for Jesus? The three pastors cornering me said this, and I was so threatened, and I just... That was it. I was like, bye. <laughs> I was like, I'm done now. And this See, is the type yeah. of church that had a lot of um had a lot of uh, people speaking in tongues. And mm-hmm. I was super curious, like, what is this? Is this real? I would go up to those people who were in the front, going with their arms up, mm-hmm. speaking in, in tongues, and I would be like, I would be focused, laser focused on them, because I wasn't allowed into the church at that time because I wasn't allowed into the church until I let Jesus in my heart. And I wasn't allowed to be in the church until I let Jesus in my heart until I heard Jesus. And I was like, I literally need to hear him. And they were like, yes. And every Sunday they'd be like, did you hear him yet? And I would say, no, I haven't. And I'm thinking, am I screwed up? Are these people hearing him? And I've got nothing like what's wrong with me. And every Sunday there'd be people brought into the church they, the pastor would put their his hand on their head and they would like fall over. And I'm thinking, I, how come I don't do that? <laughs> Why don't I do that? I, something's wrong here. And then I've got, I've got I've got a problem. And so then I eventually just came into church and lied. And I just said, yes, I heard Jesus. And then they said, they were like, finally. And then they did the thing they brought me to the front and they were very ex- excited and proud that I heard Jesus and I didn't. And, but I, but I was like, what's the next, what happens next? If, the, if I say that, so they put their hand on my head and they pushed me and I didn't fall over. And then he, he looked a little mad about it. And then he did it again and he did it a little harder. And I still was like, just standing there and everyone in the church kind of looked like,
2: supposed to fall over now.
0: And I was kind of just confused. Like, I thought to myself, I thought this is the part where I'm supposed to get some surge, like everybody else does, and fall over. I don't feel that. What are you talking about? Anyway, so I left that church. And then I started to really um, volunteer for Lutheran churches. I started volunteering for Catholic churches. And I started to—I had already read the Bible at this point multiple times. Uh, But it was— it was really that I really wanted to understand what these what what did they bring to people's lives, and how could that help and and was this real? was this thing that I couldn't figure out real? Mm. <laughs> right? And it was really getting at me. And so I was in all these choirs, and it was great. And I had so much community and I loved it. and uh, yeah, I eventually. I eventually just moved to Chicago and I was still, you know, very, very much religious and and faithful to uh, the Christian, the overall Christian faith. I would say ecumenical at that point, Mm -hmm. like taking different parts of different Christian faiths to to bring it into my own right. And yeah, and then over time, I, the more I, I, for myself, that I I broke it down, the more I thought, okay. And I, and I took kind of my friend who my friend, Krista, who's an amazing Lutheran pastor. She, she really sees it as stories, really great stories that we can, we're, we're, you know, there's going to be a lot of stories that are wacky. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of stories in there that we can, that people can use in positive ways and, and how to create community. And, and she really takes it that way. And, And brings together a lot of different not just christian christian faiths but a lot of leaders of other religious faiths and comes together in communities to to do good and and bring positivity into the world and so in the end i realized for myself that i because there was no logic the more i critically thought into religious texts not just not just the Bible, but mm-hmm. you know into the Torah, into the Quran or into even other other polytheistic religions, it there, there were too many holes, and i couldn't I couldn't have the faith to just simply believe it, and with, which is thereby where faith derives from, <laughs> is that you have faith I, so I didn't. I came to, I came to accept I just didn't have faith. And then I realized, okay, well I'm now I, I'm just an atheist. And so I read a, a really great book called Why There Is No God. For a long time I would say I was agnostic. And after I read Why There Is No God, which it's it's free if you wanted to look it up online, mm. it was a really great way for me to go, Oh, okay, I'm definitely an atheist. But also if somebody who's really religious listening to this, if they if you were to go, what is an atheist like? And the reason I read that book was because I thought why i've read all these religious texts but i've never read a text on atheism i've read all these mythologies but mm-hmm. never anything on that and so that's when i, I did read that read that and it was really good but, but yeah if there's somebody who's religious i think reading why there is no god's also good so that they can go well what are their counterpoints
2: mm-hmm.
0: and how can i be strong in my own faith With it, you know, I can understand these counterpoints, but then how can I use those counterpoints and still be really strong within my own faith? And I think that's really great.
1: Mm. Yeah. I, I think I want to, I want to check that, that one out. Um, and yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good, that's a good recommend. That was it. That was a journey and there's so many jumping off points that I can think (laughs) of to go from there and I love it. Um, and I will say, uh, I it it sounds like there's a there's definitely a very similar um uh background. Um, I actually was uh I actually was raised both Catholic and Unitarian at the same time. Uh, mm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
0: I had gone uh, to Unitarian as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 and and I did not get confirmed. Um, Uh, and that was a whole thing. Um, and I chose not to get confirmed Catholic because, uh, because we had a priest who would go on tangents about how gay people were going to hell. And meanwhile, at the Unitarian church, like we had a lesbian theology professor who would preach about all of this. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Wild. So you would have, yeah, a lot of kids wouldn't have had those two opposing viewpoints at once that's interesting
1: yeah and and my mom was more like atheist inclined but i think in that similar like um viewpoint of her flavor of atheism was looking at stories and looking at um at uh how different patterns come together and and things like that yeah so i wanted to segue because you were talking about stories and yeah so your your podcast talks about or your podcast is all about taking people's stories and then having like uh musical improvisers uh make up stuff around it and it's it's very mm-hmm. fun and zany moving but, the story
2: along uh, yeah
1: yeah 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 uh and i'm curious if uh that if there's like a a connection or if if that sort of connects with your view of how you make meaning through stories?
0: I would say so. Uh, you know, I, I, this is a great question. This is a deep question I haven't thought to myself. But I, I love mythology and I love theology to a deep core of my being. <laughs> and uh, it's thereby I love stories. And I wanted to do a, a show that I wanted it to be a TV show first, and uh, I made a pilot for it, and then I contacted uh do you know Fred Armiston?
1: I would like you did you just say Fred Armson <laughs> wait yeah, yeah <laughs> I know so uh... I
0: contacted Fred and you know we talked about the show, but he wasn't i was just, I was wondering if he was either wanted to be in in it in some way or or produce it um and he was like he was like no, I've got other projects going it's an interesting project, but i you know I can't do that right now. And I was like, okay. So I thought, well, that's that's out. Fred's out. So I wanted to figure out, and I, and I sent it to other other places too, and they were they were like, I don't. This seems like a show that would be expensive to make, <laughs> which is wait, maybe true. Um, but I I really wanted to do it, and so I thought, well, we could improvise it. We could improvise the music. I don't. Ha- it doesn't have to be written out because originally it was going to be written out. But the basic concept of like a real story, a true story being told and then improvised. Um, And it's just, you get the, you do get that same vibe from, (laughs) that's interesting to think about. You do get that same vibe from, I don't want to say a church, but a, a, a temple gathering of people improvising together. You know, and musicians improvising is just different, it's fun. You don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be mistakes, and the mistakes are great. And you want to hear a story, and especially if it's a, if it's a true story, okay. something that really happened, and it's still very engaging. It's, it has another element of like, really, <laughs> Did this really happened. And so, bringing it to the even more emotional aspect of, it's so big, we have to sing about it. It just makes it very fun,
1: for sure. Um, the The episode that I listened to last last night was the was the Norwegian cheese fire one.
0: What a wacky one, yeah, uh-huh.
1: yeah. Uh, which listeners, you, uh, I will just drop a link to that episode in the in the show notes. To, we'll just start yeah. you there because that's where yeah. I started.
0: That was um, hard. That was the hardest one I think I did because of Asker. He was doing it in Norway. Uh and he i just took the audio from his iphone in the room that he was in and boy was that room extremely reflective (laughs) it's like oh no this audio is terrible and i had to work so hard to make that work
1: yeah but i love
0: the episode It's very funny
1: yeah no the episode is very funny and like the 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 arc of it is like you like I was, I was uh, listening to it on my commute, and I was just like, how are you making me feel feelings about cheese being on fire?
0: Yeah. <laughs> how dare yeah. you?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> like, so great. Askaya really did an amazing job putting that story together. Yeah. He um, loves that cheese.
1: <laughs> it's very important cheese.
0: It's, it's, a, it, it's a very rich cheese. It's intense.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I feel like the vibe is very similar to this. uh, There's this show called Small Triumph, Big Speech um, that was running during the uh, during the shutdown or during the lockdown. Um, Dylan Marin was hosting it. And the idea is people would uh, be selected to tell a story of a small a small triumph. Like I did my laundry today or I sent in that application I've been meaning to send. And then hmm. a famous writer would do a graduation style speech uh, mm. about like their their big win. And that's very
0: funny.
1: Yeah, but it, it but it is this it is this both of these shows sort of like celebrate the the um, these ordinary moments in these like epic proportions. And I think that's True. really cool
0: true that's absolutely true and i do feel it i do you know there's some my partner says i'll say like all right have a great have a fun day like have fun and she's like i'm not gonna have fun getting like a haircut i'm like really it could be fun though she's (laughs) like what or i'm like are you are you excited about going to i don't know are you excited about like going out to the movies tonight and she's like no i'm like really because i'm excited and i just get i do i genuinely get excited about little things uh yeah and i think i don't know why that is i just and i think it might be part of it is from religion that i was trained to be grateful mm. and when i'm just feeling down i can go back to what i those elements of what different churches taught me that were really positive which was what am I grateful for and suddenly I get really excited for the things that I have in my life even if even if you know for some other people they're like well this is some this isn't great you know there's so many things that can be great and it's in so much of it is perception Mm.
1: yeah you have this um and I think that that gratitude and that sort of like I don't wanna say whimsy, but I'm going to say whimsy because it's fun.
0: That's a good but, one. I do feel a lot of whimsy. You're yeah, right. you have like,
1: yeah, you have a lot of whimsy and and it comes out in your stuff. And I and that I think that yeah. resonates with me because I have a similar like, you know, you just a part of being in comedy is just being fascinated by things and and you know, and building that into how you build your your uh build your structures and whatnot um jokes and whatnot um
0: yeah yeah. and also part of that comes from from part i think part of mm, a lot of satire but my, my satire comes from the the sarcasm of so many things in life that are i don't know that that just like that we have these boxes that we're put in, and like why are we in these? And I just I'm so sassy,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, so I like to play and heck have fun with things. And when I was a little kid, my my friend Dave, probably when I was like six, seven, he my my friend Dave's grandfather he said, "Hey Dave, don't you hang out with that Griffo kid? He's a smart ass." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I said something very our alecky to that old man i'm sure i did <laughs> but that's also part of whimsy i feel like is like goofing off
1: yeah finding that whimsy i think also is is an element of can be an element of of faith like it's very much like there's a lot of uncertainty there's a lot of just messed up stuff but here's some stuff that's really fun and exciting this <laughs> is well, can we talk about yeah. that? Like, you know, it's not necessarily like toxic positivity, but it's like, no, it's like, yes, and also here's all this other stuff that's really, not, nice, you know, really cool.
0: Right, right. Like the, um, I think in bringing light to those wacky mm-hmm. parts, the like darker parts of of those religious texts is very, to me, funny to show, you know, we can, we can take, we don't need to worry. We can just take the elements that we like because mm-hmm. that's really what we're always doing in life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, there's absolutely things that I could, we could always be like, well, this is terrible and this isn't great, but there's also the opposite that we can be like, this is look, at I have fingers. <laughs> like, that's awesome. I get so excited that I have these thingies. They're great. But, like, when I, I would, in, like, youth group, I would, I remember bringing the story of Lot and his daughters. Do you know that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for the, I'm sure, your your listeners, I'm sure you know the story, but I'm going to go through it for anybody who doesn't. The basics of it are that, that after Lot's wife turned to salt because she looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah and the angel was like, don't do that. And then she turned to salt and uh, they left her. They went to a cave. Lot and his daughters went to a cave. And the cave, they they thought they thought because Simon and Gomorrah were just destroyed, they thought everything's gone. We are the last people on Earth. And his daughters thought, well, we're going to have to repopulate the Earth. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, we have their father. So then, in the in the Bible, depending on which one it is, like the King James version, will say, um, I think like they got their father. I don't think they'll say drunk, but they like gave him the gave him drink and uh they lay with their father i remember i came into youth group and i was like what's that mean and they were like oh god i was like they like they like went to sleep and they were like Ay. and so you know they explain it but so you know one night first daughter slept with her dad had sex with her dad and the next night the other daughter had sex with her dad i do think they, they did have like a lot of children of their fathers and that's like a wacky part of the Bible. And there's a bunch of those parts. But then there's a, not, a lot of like really lovely parts of like Jesus doing, <laughs> being a kook. Being like, we don't need money. And everyone's like, what do you mean, Jesus? And then he just throws a table and he's like, screw all this stuff. And they're like, Jesus, <laughs> like, of course, this man got arrested. He was like throwing tables and he was like destroying things. Uh, yes. He was like flipping everybody out that's that's what would happen now they would arrest that person but that's mm-hmm. also why jesus is so awesome is because he didn't have the cultural norms that's that's what i love about that and that's that's the kind of stuff where i'm like that is whimsy mm-hmm. and it's so silly to think about this man who everybody's like so what a fun what a fun loving sweet man but he's like no <laughs> Toss this. we don't need these coins <laughs> i love that that's the part of Jesus I really enjoy.
1: Or or in uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, where that's where you get your rock whale, which is wonderful.
0: Wait, please explain that part.
1: Oh, you 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 know Jesus
0: Christ Superstar, right? I watched it once a long time ago.
1: Okay, okay, cool. Uh, in the temple scene, uh mm-hmm. he it's it's it he goes into like full like rock scrut and he's like
0: Mer! Should be oh. house of prayer. that part yes i yes. do know that part that okay very
1: good <laughs> cool. cool 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 i'm always down to like go on a deep dive on 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 jcs because i think and i think that jesus christ superstar is like my preferred gospel because it's very much like portraying uh, they're, they're, i guess maybe there's a whimsy to it but it's also like a uh musical theater realness to it where it's like yeah let's what if we portray Jesus as a man who has a lot of feelings and sings about him with his rock voice
0: I'm yeah. absolutely positive from those stories he must have had a lot of feelings if yes. you're if you're to the point where you're going to throw a table you've got a lot of feelings
1: <laughs> you're processing a lot right now <laughs> like right yeah well and that's and that's i think that that's like part of the thing to think about is like okay so you know you're gonna die and you know that everything mm. is falling apart and you're gonna throw some tables like you know
0: yeah yeah things are getting real fast for, yeah for that guy.
1: <laughs> things were getting real for jesus um
0: <laughs> yeah true story
1: true story I'll be back to my conversation with Matt Griffo in a minute, but I wanted to tell you about some things that are happening with New Faith New Media. As you know, this show is produced through New Faith New Media, a brand new interfaith podcast network. And we are currently in the last week of our crowdfunding campaign to go towards getting ourselves a website, uh, which will include our own discussion forums, where we can build a, th- a space for theology, nerdery, and community. Because that's a hard thing to do in a Facebook group. So if you want to support uh, this effort, you can go to bit.ly slash nfnmindy. That's B-I-T period L-Y slash D I E. That link is also in the show notes. And I wanted to shout out the people who have donated so far. So special thanks to Nona Morrison, Cece Otto, Sue Burke, Lindsey Brown, Cameron Hood, CJ Tour, Richard Bell, Katie Oberly, Lori Morrison, Susan Lavelle, and Al Cole. Thank you so much for your support again uh if you want to support us you can head to the link that will be in the show notes and if you are hearing this after friday march 4th don't worry you can still help us out by going to donating uh through buy me a coffee or becoming a member of our patreon uh and those links are in the notes as well thank you so much for your support uh and now back to the conversation with matt Oh man. Yeah, this could be its own segment of of you just like going off on Bible stories, but I love how you bring all of this like the that that sense of whimsy into even like, you know, unpacking these things. So, like it's just the the pure nature of just being like, "Why what's going on here?" Um, which also has mm-hmm. this very just childlike thing to it. Um And I
0: the going off of child like there's a it's you know how children will say what's with that thing on your head and then a person will be like well that's a mole yeah. <laughs> they're like why or like they'll say like what is that or you know and they'll explain it or, or you know a person be like i just got out of the hospital and be like what what were you doing in the hospital and they'll be like oh i was i was sick and i had a surgery for what and then they'll, they'll the per- they're just a blank slate and uh, you know, there's. I feel like there's a lot of people I hear that you know they'll, they have this distance mm. from each other, and they go, oh, okay. Well, they were in the hospital, and we need to be conscientious that they have their own space. So we'll just give them the space to not ask. But they have they have their own choice. They can answer or not answer. For so for me, I I learn very quickly about people because I'll say. I will just like for what did you go to the hospital for what? <laughs> what is that? Was it scary? You know, and all those questions they could say, "Oh, I don't want to talk about it enough." But but you can also we're human beings; we can read each other. I can read if they if they get uptight. Mm-hmm. And I go, "Okay, well, I'm not gonna ask that." But you know, if, if I'm asking, if I'm if it's genuine curiosity from a positive place, which is what children are are, are coming from. People want to share, because mm. that's nice to connect. And so, yeah. So I feel like that's that that children that we lose that as adults. That not yeah. only that not only the aspect of of play, but the aspect of curiosity. Well, we shouldn't know. We shouldn't know that. Or there's culture that said, well, we shouldn't. We should give them space. We don't need to, you know, do that.
1: Yeah. You are making me think of a um, a few years be- back. I was uh, writing about the notion of childlike faith, and um, mm. like a little bit. It, it's an essay I wrote on a blog that I had in 2017. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm not going to share the raw details of it, but uh, but the nugget of that I that I still sit with is this idea that to have childlike faith isn't this idea of, like, just blindly following. Children ask a ton of questions. So I think Mm -hmm. the idea of having childlike faith is being able to just be curious and keep asking why and just, you know, come from that place of of joy and whimsy and like, hey, what's that about? (laughs) You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I did go to eventually, Mm -hmm. which I, you know, I I asked so many questions that I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't go, okay, well, these stories are real for me. I, I couldn't believe that they were, and that was sad for me, but I could take those other elements that I did like, like gratitude or like having faith in humanity and mm-hmm. just going, okay. There's going to be bad things. I'll I'm going to have things stolen from me. That's definitely happened. like <laughs> yeah. really. But there's so I've had it so many times where people go, "Why would you? Why are you leaving the doors of your car unlocked while you're going and like unloading gear? Why are you doing this or why are you doing that?" And it's because I'm like, it's I because I still tr- I still have faith in people, mm. even though there's a few the overall are good. And that's what I've always, uh, that's part of what I took, took away from a community of religion.
1: Would you say that, uh, that theater and comedy and sort of what you do is sort of like the, I've had a lot of theater people on the show and like we explore like the the idea of like theater as as its own church is that something that um resonates with you or yeah absolutely
0: because it's still you take that you take that with a it's again that community right Mm -hmm. there's not there's not there's not in in this day and age there's less and less communities that people get together in person Mm -hmm. and do whatever thing it is together with a, with a collective purpose and having some collective purpose is really nice. It gives us, not only does it give us something to do, but it, it gives us a, once we accomplish whatever that goal is, we can celebrate that, which is exactly what a church does. Like on Sunday, go, they have the sermon. Some people do some parts that they worked on that week. Um, the kids go so that they're not mm-hmm. wiggling around and bored. <laughs> and then, You go to the basement and everybody has cookies or something, you know, like that kind of thing. You go into the other room where like everybody bought a potluck and then we can celebrate. So we Mm -hmm. celebrate like we just we did it. We did the thing. And then we can share what happened with the week. And that type of community is really nice. And now now absolutely like it changes depending on the on the Mm -hmm. group like the the born again Christian uh, group. I could I could read that the people were holding things back Mm. like oh, I see that you didn't come to church last Sunday. Oh, that's an interesting pin, Diane. And all these things mm-hmm. where they're like, they're actually attacking, but they're they're veiled in different types of sentences. It's the subtext is actually aggressive. Um, whereas other churches, everyone's just super chill and nice. And it's in, you know, what type of, I think part of it is what type of, sect is it and also mm-hmm. the other, and who is the leader there too yeah. because different leaders are just not going to be cool with allowing that for
1: sure and and some of it is the particular theological viewpoint like if you are if if the god you believe in is a like makes you check a bunch of boxes or you're unworthy that's a different vibe right. than than right. a internalized goodness
0: I, uh, yeah. I I understand why the Hawaiian people changed when the Dutch came mm. from their polytheistic religion to monotheism within Christianity because at the time when the Dutch came and I, I forget when it was the 16th 1500s was I, I don't remember where it was so excuse me but it was long ago at this point <laughs> but when the Dutch came the there there was a certain uh ruler at the time Hawaiian ruler who really needed like who really felt that they needed a lot of sacrifices and they had there was smoke that used to go off all the time in these different temples outside of these temples if if the smoke touched you you were sacrificed Hmm. and so but the people had to still go to the temples so eventually so many people were getting sacrificed for so many different reasons the Dutch came and were like, there's this dude named Jesus and you can all go to heaven and it's great. And they're like, oh, cool. And then do we sacrifice ourselves to him? And they're like, uh, just not like what? And they're like, you know, like, do we kill each other for Jesus? And the Dutch are like, no. And the Hawaiians are like, you know what? This is great. And then they burned their temples down. And they switched to Christianity, and to this day, a lot of native Hawaiians are still very— although they do either—they will have elements of their polytheism, and they still will believe that. There's a lot of them who are very devout Christian. Mm -hmm. And that all comes back down to the Dutch coming in.
1: I had not, like, gone down that research rabbit hole at all. Is there, like, a particular, like— uh book or like podcast or something that that sort of led you down that rabbit hole
0: no okay (laughs) i just i just love religion and love theology and so when i was in i've been to hawaii multiple times and when i was in the first time i went to hawaii it was was what kickstarted that because i Mm -hmm. i knew they were polytheistic but i didn't know what their gods were and they have amazing gods. They're so awesome. Uh, but I, I needed to find out more. And so I, I simply just did a lot of research and I, I purchased books on the Hawaiian religion, but there's no specific one.
1: Okay, cool. But that, that's like a rabbit hole. You went down also with like people you were talking to in Hawaii and all that good stuff. So
0: yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah. Also like mm-hmm. going into the community into the, yeah. the native parts of the community where they're like why is this not hawaiian person here (laughs) but me you know me learning about their culture and then uh understanding that that it was interesting to me how devoutly christian some of them were
1: for sure for sure um
0: and it also reminds me of the norwegians as well
1: yeah um tell me what i don't know much about norwegian religion either (laughs)
0: Um, you know, you have Thor, yeah, and Odin, yeah, 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 and so we got that. And so within that religion, which is now considered mythology, um, we, same as with Egyptian, with you know that is all considered mythology now, right? And so there was a point. I don't again. I don't remember when this was, but it was. It was one. It was. A, it was a king emperor whatever the ruler was at the time he became christian and he said to all of the norwegians if you do not become christian you will be killed if you Mm. do not convert and so everyone well there was definitely a lot of death and then a bunch of people converted um and so I asked a person who was very who was who was Norwegian who grew up in Oslo, Norway, and I was teaching an improv class there. And I asked him and he also he he was actually playing Jesus for a for a public television show at the time in, in Norway. And I said to him, what? <laughs> I've <heard> got <laughs> a lot of interesting stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, said, <laughs> I said, what? You know, so so you're very devoutly Christian. He said, yeah. I said, but you're also fully Norwegian. And he said, yes. I said, so how do you feel that? And I want you to think about, don't answer this today. I want you to think about it and come back to me tomorrow for, for class. But how do you feel that your, your cultural religion was changed because murder was the option, thereby everyone converted, because otherwise they would be dead. And he said, hmm. And I said, don't answer it now, I'm wondering how you feel about that, because if, if that hadn't happened, you would, potentially Odin would be your, your uh, you know, Zeus in that, in that sense, if you're going back to, to Greek. And so the next morning, he answered how I thought he would answer, which was that um that they saw the light, they saw the right way to be. Mm. Um, and I felt like that for someone who was extremely devout in the way that he was, uh, if he didn't answer with that in a way, then it would be, it would be a lot of cognitive dissonance. Yeah. And so yeah, that's how he felt about it. Was that they they saw the light. And it was the same answer actually for the Hawaiians that I asked mm-hmm. the same question to. And they really felt like, well, the Dutch really let them see the true way, mm. the true way to be. And so then also in that instance of eventually the Nor- the Nordic religion becoming mythology I've, I've thought to myself and, and said to different pastors and priests how many people do you think it will take to stop believing in Christianity until it becomes mythology and there's a little brain teaser this yeah. is, it's not. I don't it's, know it's what to a, do with that a, <laughs> yeah it's just a brain teaser it's, yeah, a brain no. teaser. it's, it's simply that it's uh yeah because those those people believed in it wholeheartedly mm. and now the world calls it mythology
1: yeah huh.
0: I love theology <laughs>
1: I love it. yeah no well, and it's so fa- it is it's fascinating. Um, to look at it in these different cultural contexts and like the I mean, of course, the story of freaking colonialism is all over all of that. But I think bringing it down to like individual stories and how they um, process uh, mm-hmm. the deep history, I think, is important and like a more accessible way to process these these larger conversations like i would like to say i'm a i'm a biographer not a historian like i like hearing in i like hearing individual stories and how they work in these different frameworks because it is such a deep and nuanced thing and i like how you said with like the norwegian uh man especially like you can tell that there's there there would be some cognitive dissonance, and you can see the gears turning to just sort of
0: hmm.
1: make peace with that, you know? Like, there's... Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. That's there's, ha- I mean, yeah, If that, that's his world. That's hard. Yeah. But I wondered what his answer would be, simply.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: But all of them shift from somewhere else. Like, I think about... That's why I love. That's partially what I love about theology is also understanding where these parts come from. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love how... I remember going teaching my nieces and nephew about uh, about religion and explaining how I said do you see these discs and mm-hmm. the, you know the sun discs behind their head and I said so Constantine do you know the story of Constantine
2: uh
1: more or less but the
0: Roman yeah. Roman so yeah, yeah, yeah. Con- Constantine who Constantine was who was a Roman emperor in like the fourth century who the Roman he knew that the Roman uh, empire was gonna Was not doing well And Christianity was starting to take over Which was uh, Not good <laughs> Because it was like really Screwing with their their main religion Which was uh, Which was sun worshipping mm. Which is And you know people say pagan But really pagan is just anything that's not Whatever that, whatever Christianity is Right, so um, So within that whatever type of Christianity. It is. Um, so eventually Constantine said, okay, the official, they, there was no official Roman, uh, there was no official Roman religion, but then he said, okay, it's Christianity is the official Roman religion. He was trying to do it as a, as a move to solidify that he agreed with those people. He could, he was giving an olive branch to say, let's, let's all be nice. And, the roman empire we can we can be strong together it didn't work out in the end the but what it did do him him saying that the roman empire's official religion was christianity then shifted everything into and then all those people spread out in the world and then thereby converted a lot of other people um and then we still have the sun disks in artwork, because they were sun worshippers.
1: Hmm. Oh, that Christianity just <laughs> popping up everywhere! <laughs> um. Oh my goodness. So I feel like there are so many stories that can be told about theology. Um. I wanted to uh, sort of pivot and just talk about like what um what do you have going on with your music?
0: I did not release a lot last year. I was super stressed out by like all the stuff and also I had a lot of there was suddenly an insane amount of live gigs, mm. which was great. and so I was not as focused on digital content and i've I've got I released a comedy album i think the, I think either early last year or the, I think it was the previous year I, yeah it was I released October, a live comedy album
1: twenty twenty something like yeah that. i think it was yeah. it was
0: fall of 2020 and then the previous year i released a a halloween album and so i have a upcoming comedy album of of studio tracks and then i have there's a bunch of cover songs that i i've been recording over the years which i don't know when it's gonna be released but i'm excited for that uh to be released and i have and, I, and then there's more there's more podcast episodes the next episode i'm uh, is the it's about a, a serial killer, and a, and it's terrifying to me. I know some people are gonna love it, but I'm like actually scared of this episode. <laughs> like, I can't I can't watch serial killer things. It gets it makes me feel terrified, and so. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. But but the person was like, "Can we do one on serial killers?" and I was like, uh, yeah, okay, sure." So it's a serial killer episode about um, a female. Serial
1: killer. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's gonna be so
0: funny about the serial killer. I was like, how during the recording of it, I was like, how am I gonna make this funny?
1: So um, my my habit is I listen to this show on my drive home when it's very dark and foggy. Is that (laughs) maybe not? Maybe not. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, this episode (laughs) gives me the heebie-jeebies. But I suppose it is a woman who's serial killing uh, men who she feels wronged, wronged her. So oh, good for her! <laughs> maybe in that sense, you'll be like, "Yeah, <laughs> cool, 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 cool." Just to like a lighter degree, you'll be like, "I won't, I won't kill him," but
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a vibe. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I guess before we close out, any like final thoughts, anything you wanted to make sure that you say anything. This has gone a lot of places as these conversations are wont to do.
0: (laughs) Oh, uh, this is really fun. I really, I I don't, I don't tend to get the chance to discuss theology. So I, I really appreciate the ability to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think like the, the really core, thing that we we found was this idea of whimsy and um like having this like childlike viewpoint and i i'm glad that you and i share that which i had a suspicion but i was very cool to hear that from you
0: (laughs) oh good yeah yeah just being open to to being curious
1: yeah absolutely awesome um and where can people find you
0: the easiest place is my website, which is MattGriffo.com. dot com, and then but then you could find it on any of the streaming platforms. If you just type in Matt Griffo, you'll find it, which is uh, G R I F F O.
1: Cool, and I'll put some of those links in the show notes. Awesome. It's so a nice. short one, but it's yeah. Italian.
0: For an Italian one, it's a short one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Faith and What Resonates. The theme song is My Journey, My Song, the first song I wrote back when I was 19. Thanks, Past Gale. Thanks again to Matt Griffo for being on the show. You'll find links to his stuff in the show notes. This is the last episode of this quarter. I'll be back in April with more episodes. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast in whatever app you use to listen to the show. You'll notice that this show shares a podcast feed with other New Faith New Media shows including a pastor and a priest walk into a movie theater. If you want to support New Faith New Media, you can support our crowdfunding campaign at bit.ly slash nfnmindie or support by becoming a a patron on our Patreon or leaving a one-time donation through Buy Me a Coffee. Finally, if you want to find out more about the other things that I do in the world, head to gailgallaghermusic.com. Thanks for listening and remember to stay curious and follow the magic of the things that resonate.